Hello, everyone. I am uh, Claudio Murgan, the host of the Spiritual Inspire show. And uh, my guest uh, today is uh, Jocelyn Mercado. Jocelyn is a visibility and thought leadership coach, mentor for visionary entrepreneurs, intuitive guide, channel of star beings and ancient deities, founder of Sacred Planet, writer, and, envi uh, and environmentalist. Her journey of life initially put her on a path to hone her practical, logical side. She started out by earning her MBA and then enjoyed a successful 15-year corporate finance career, working for companies like Cadbury and Mercedes-Benz. But then she was thrust into a deep spiritual awakening around the time her first daughter was born in 2010. It was that awakening which turned her life upside down and from which she emerged with a powerful understanding of how to use her intuition and her healing abilities. Jocelyn shares shamanic and chem alchemical wisdom to guide her community and her clients, so that together we can co-create a revolutionary new world in alignment with Mother Earth and the vast intelligence of the cosmos. Jocelyn, thank you very much for, for joining me today. Well, thank you so much, Claudia. I'm very excited to be here. Can't wait to, for our conversation. I was uh, quite, quite amazed with the uh, name of your uh, website, We Are Sacred Planet. How did you come up with, with that name? Oh, yes. Well, that was, that was gifted to me <laughs> um, many years ago by my guides and in my, in my meditation practice. It was a gift. And, you know, it's, it's even more of a gift because the, the name that came through, I knew my business needed to be Sacred Planet. But when I went to get the domain for that, you know, the URL for that sacred planet was already taken because it was a movie that didn't do very well <laughs> at some point in time. So I was thinking, oh, no, I can't have sacredplanet.com. What should I do? And the idea came through for we are sacred planet, right? And it's so important that that's a part of it because it is this global community of change makers and visionaries. And we're ready to create, build the new future for our planet. So truly, we are sacred planet. Yeah, and I think it's much more encompassing. We are sacred planet than just sacred planet. So that it happened for a reason, for sure. It really did, yes. <laughs> so let's go back in time a little bit in 2010 when your first daughter was uh, born. How that uh, event changed your life and put you on your, on your spiritual path? Yes, well, that changed everything for me. So as you mentioned in my bio, I was before that I was... In the corporate world, I was climbing the corporate ladder. I, that was kind of the only world I knew, you know, and I had, I had done all the right things. I went to college and then I went to get my MBA and, you know, everything was moving along very well as far as I knew. <laughs> and um, when my daughter was born, I went into a very dark depression, actually, a postpartum depression because... I was holding my, my beautiful, sweet baby, looking down at her and thinking, oh my gosh, what have I been doing with my whole life, right? It was like my entire perspective was just turned upside down. And I, and I have chills even now, just like remembering that time and thinking, what kind of a life am I modeling for her? What kind of a future am I building for her? And yeah, like, what have, what have I been doing? And so... I, it took me a while to pick up the pieces of my psyche, you know, after all that had happened, it was really quite a, quite a profound experience. And I didn't know how I was going to move through that because I realized, and I'm sure many people listening can relate to this, right? I realized everything I'd been building up to that point, career-wise, was not what my soul 
needed me to be doing in this lifetime. But I had no idea what the other alternatives would be or what I was capable of. And so after I kind of moved through that initial really challenging phase, I decided the only way I could find this answer was to study every world religion that I could get my hands on to read as much as I could from many, many different spiritual traditions, ancient traditions, modern religions as well, and see what are the core truths that shine through that are true across all of them. And what happened through that process was that I found indigenous and ancient wisdom. And that was what spoke to me more than anything else. And from that point, the trees started to speak to me, the earth started to speak to me, the stars started to speak to me, and entirely new worlds opened up that I never knew could could be possible. Um, and so from yeah, there... So what was your ended- first practical encounter with um, shamanic or indigenous uh, traditions? Yes, well, so... Around 2014, I uh, found a book that is an amazing book. I recommend it to everybody uh, who wants to learn more about the other dimensions and other realms. It's called The Co-Creation Handbook Mm -hmm. by Elida Birch. Amazing book. And so this book is, it's both an introduction to shamanic journeying as a practice, as like a meditative practice, but also a guide to discovering your life's purpose. So I read this, started reading this book. I started doing the shamanic journeying practices. And from that book, I developed this regular shamanic journeying practice where pretty much every day I would listen to a drum beat for 15 or 20 minutes. Shamanic journeying, just so everybody listening knows, when you listen to a drum beat, as the ancient people have done for 20,000, 40,000, 60,000 years, right? It allows your brain to drop out of the normal active alpha and beta states and down into a theta brainwave state. And that is a deep meditative state. So with the drumbeat, we can drop into that meditative state, almost a trance state very quickly. And what happened as I started doing the shamanic journey in practice was that in every journey, I would be, so my guide in these journeys was a white horse. The white horse would take me to this mountain landscape where there was a snow-capped mountain, there were pine trees behind me, a river in front of me, every single time back to the same landscape. I didn't know why. I didn't know where this was. I didn't know what was happening. So I started asking, what, what's going on? And I got the message, you need to go to New Mexico. Mm. And of course, synchronistically, a couple of weeks later, the chance came up to go to New Mexico with, through the Pachamama Alliance, which is a group, amazing company that or um, organization that I was volunteering with. So I went to New Mexico, went to Taos, I was picturing that it would be like cactuses and sand and, you know, desert. Well, so you can imagine my surprise when we come around this bend, entering into Taos, and there is the mountain. So I had been working with this mountain in my journeying practice for months, for six, eight, ten months, and seeing this mountain, but not knowing what or why. And when we came around that bend, I saw the mountain there. I realized that this mountain had called me to this place. And it was in that place that I met my elder teacher in Taos, who has opened up, again, more entirely new dimensions to me of what is possible. And later that year, I started Sacred Planet, I quit my corporate job, everything began really moving quickly from there. So that was the point where I knew magic and miracles are possible, and they are present, and they are here. They're trying to break through with us at every moment. And since then, do you work with a particular um, shaman or indigenous um, elder, or you try to gather your knowledge from uh, multiple ones, especially going to to South America, or you stayed only in in North America? 
Yes. Well, I have not been to South America. Um, the elders that I have worked with are mostly, and I prefer not to say names just because it, you know, they're not they're not promoting themselves in this way, right? Um, but mostly Native American um, related to the Lakota tradition. One of my teachers is, um, he teaches in the Lakota tradition and also the ancient Peruvian Incan traditions. Um, but yes, these are the teachers I've studied with, but uh, there have been many, many influences. I've studied also courses with Sandra Ingerman. She's a, an amazing teacher that I highly recommend, and she is very publicly visible with her work. So she's amazing. Um, her, her programs, you will go really deep and learn so much. And just many books, many books that I've read. Most recently, I just got back from a trip to Egypt um, last month, which was quite a shamanic journey, a time travel journey. So it just, it keeps unfolding. You know, once you say yes, and that's something I could talk more about. Once you say yes to the shamanic path, once you say yes to the transformational path, you don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> you know, there's no telling what will happen next, but it will be full of magic. Yeah, I mean, uh, let's hear more about uh, Egypt, if possible, because one of my future guests, in fact, um, Isis Indria, is in Egypt right now with, with a group. Oh, and wonderful. I can't wait to, to hear her story when she comes back. So please, if you can share with us. Yes. Well, so uh, I just went to Egypt in January 2021. And as you can imagine, it's quite a decision to, you know, decide to travel at this time with coronavirus and everything yeah. that is happening. But the, again, the guidance was clear. I know now when I hear the guidance, if they say you have to go, you got to go. So um, did the, you know, I have to get a COVID test to enter into the country, we did all these things. And um, it was truly magical. And Egypt, it's actually a really good time to go to Egypt right now because the virus rates are much lower there than they are in most of the rest of the world. And really fascinating. Um, in Egypt, if you go out in Luxor or in Cairo in the evening, 9 or 10, 11 o'clock at night, people are walking around, the restaurants are all open, the coffee shops are all open, most people do not have masks on. And still, the, the virus rates are very low. So there's something really special happening there. There's something really special. Um, Definitely, it's something about the energetics of the land and the pyramids being there and all the ancient temples being there. Surely that has something to do with it. Um, but also, there's just an energy there among the whole population of they're, they're not afraid. Mm -hmm. And so this is a whole interesting thing that, you know, fear is being cultivated for sure in certain countries around this virus. But they're, people are not afraid and they just want to keep living their lives and somehow then the virus is not affecting them. So that's one interesting <laughs> thing. They don't watch the news, that's for sure, maybe. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, if you don't watch the news, then you don't, you're not getting kind of, you know, hit with that fear all the time. It's, it's, I don't watch the news either. It's really important to uh, choose yeah. very carefully what information we're, we're taking in. Um, but the, the pyramids and the ancient temples were extremely powerful. I've been working with, connecting with the ancient Egyptian uh, Neteru, they're, you know, deities, but they're called Neteru, um, since uh, 2019, and they've been getting stronger and stronger, and Isis, Isis is one of those Neteru that I connect with quite a bit, and um, Osiris and Ma'at, and so it was extremely powerful to go into the temples to see the images of these these beings in the hieroglyphs. Um, I had been studying hieroglyphs, and I, it would take a much longer time to learn to actually read them, but beginning to understand them, and just to know that these temples and these writings were created 
4,000, 6,000, 8,000 or more years ago, um, it is extremely powerful to stand in those places and feel the energy, feel the, the depth of wisdom that the people held at that time. You know, we, um, the further back you go in time, the closer we, we were to our original state of being, the closer yes. we were to source. And so I think that's a, a extremely important key of how we move forward in our world at this time is looking to the ancients and spending as much time, you know, really gathering that, that very, very ancient wisdom, learning from how did they perceive the world at that time? What can we learn from their writings about magic, about how we create change, how we um, create, we, we are truly creating the future with every word, with every thought, with every action. Yeah. So how can we become much more refined in all that we're doing, saying, thinking, um, to truly create the future that we that we most deeply desire. So yeah. that was that was one of the big teachings from uh, Egypt for sure. Did you lead a group or you went there by yourself? I was there for about a month, <clears throat> and the first week I was there, I was traveling with a group. Um, the teacher, her name is Patricia Iwan. She's really incredible, uh, very profound perspective that she shared. So for the first week, we had a deep dive. Um, I traveled with my partner. We had a deep dive into the all the temples. Um, we went to Abydos, Dendera, Temple of Hatshepsut, um, some different tombs. And then the second full week I was there, I stayed near the Giza pyramids. Um, and so I was in a 10th floor apartment where, you know, many of the buildings that are built so you can see the pyramids, you can see the view. Mm -hmm. And just waking up and seeing the sun rise uh, and the pyramids there and then the sunset behind the pyramids at the end of every day. It was really incredible to just be receiving that energy. I want to go back to Giza as soon as I can. <laughs> and beyond that, um, you know, I traveled, to, I went to Aswan. Um, I went to Dahab, which is on the Red Sea, different places in Egypt and really got a beautiful perspective on a lot of different locations there. And, and there's so much more to see. Yeah, and it is relatively safe, correct? There is no... Yeah, there's really, you know, you hear about risk of terrorism with Egypt. There were things going on, I think, in 2010 was the last time anything yeah. big was happening. It's a very, I felt very safe. Um, and it's, it's different, you know, the, so 90% of the population is Muslim, 10% of the population is Christian. And so I was very curious to see how I would feel as a, as a woman, you know, with the, uh, with the Muslim beliefs and traditions. And I felt very safe. I, I really, I loved it. The people in Egypt are, they're very heart-centered, very generous, caring, like they want to make sure you're okay. They want to make sure you're enjoying your, your stay. Um, it was really powerful to, to feel that, feel the generosity and just the, the down-to-earth nature of the people. Yeah. I mean, humanity... At this core, it's good. And we all care about each other. And, you know, we want to share and we want to be kind. It's yeah. just that sometimes they want to divide us. They want to, you know, turn us turn uh, against each other. And this is where the, they muddy the waters and we don't think rational. I mean, this is at least my, my opinion. Yeah, well, we get, we get taken off course by that consensus trance. You know, we're kind of trained and indoctrinated into the separatist perspective that, you know, that we're, that we're separate. And also that money is of top importance. You know, that, yes. that I would say is one really big difference in the 
the collective ideology, but also the approach of each individual in, in the U.S. versus in Egypt, right? Here in the U.S., it's we're, we're working so hard. We, we, you got to make the money. You got to, you know, pay the bills. You got to, and that is just not really on the radar there in Egypt. They, they need to, they yep. do, of course, they need to feed their families, but there's something else that is much more important, which is community and caring and, and, and generosity. So it's very yeah. helpful. To see, and as you said at the beginning, when you realize your life purpose, that's also maybe the, the main thing in, in life to understand what you are meant to do, what you are, why you came here, um, why, why God put you on this earth at this particular time. So it's a continue um, search for, for meaning uh, in our lives. That is the most important work that we can do is to open, open our heart with curiosity to all possibilities and, and keep asking that question of what, what am I here for? What am yeah. I really here for? And sometimes uh, we find out early in that journey of that, of that life journey. Sometimes we don't find out till later, but it's, a, it's all in divine timing. Yes, indeed. There. Um, what uh, star beings and um, ancient deities do you usually channel? Yes, well, this is one way that Isis, the, the great goddess Isis from ancient Egypt, has been coming through really strongly since 2019. Um, and so my channeling practice has been fa fairly private. Um, it's not something that I'm doing all the time in public, in a public way. Um, but it, it, it's a very interesting thing. I feel that many of us are receiving channeled information more and more in, in recent years, in recent months even. So for anybody listening to this, if you're receiving information that you know is it's not from you, right? It's from some other intelligence, really open up to that because the ancient ones and the beings from other star systems and even the animals um, are wanting to speak through us to help us evolve at this very powerful time on our planet. Um, so I've had this experience with, you know, different of uh, the Egyptian Neteru coming through, Isis, Osiris, uh, Sekhmet, and, but also animals, certain animals like polar bears, mm. uh, elephants, whales speaking through me. And, um, there's something really profound here. You know, I, I've heard in, there are certain ancient uh, North American traditions that say there are certain animals that were sent here to us from the stars. And they are here specifically to help maintain the balance, the energetic balance of the planet and to help humans on our path because we are throwing off the energetic balance of the planet, right? So they're here to help us come back to center. So there are these certain animals that, that want to communicate and they need to speak through humans so that the humans can then deliver the message to the other humans, right? And um, can you share with us a message from the whales, please, if possible? Oh, yes. Well, let me, I, I can ask them if they would like to speak with us now. Would that please, that would be amazing. Thank you. Drop in. Okay. I just need a minute to drop into that space. So great whale beings deep in the oceans of Mother Earth. What messages do you have for us? What wisdom do you have for us today?
Well, I can hear them at first in their whale language, which I, I cannot translate. So I'm going to wait for that. I think this is an introductory statement. I'm going to wait for them to speak in a way that I can communicate in English. Oh, beautiful beings. Thank you for contacting us. Thank you for connecting with us today. We speak with you from the depths of the great oceans here deep, deep within the womb of the earth, deep within these oceans. We still feel the most ancient vibrations emanating from the core of the mother. And when we sing our songs, we sing our songs to echo out these vibrations from the core of the mother upward, upward through the waters to reach up to the continents, to reach up to all beings who are living on land. We work in conjunction with many other beings, including the birds, the birds who weave the weft and warp of the energetic structure of the air. They receive our messages from deep in the oceans and they carry it upward for you to receive and understand. We also work with the polar bears who are walking their paw lines in the Arctic areas, in the snowy areas, drawing up the currents of the earth. And for you humans, there is much that you can do to help to assist us in upholding the proper energetic balance. For every time that you dance, especially if you dance barefoot on the earth, and every time that you sing or chant, every time that you hold a ritual or a ceremony that honors the earth, that honors the trees, that honors the stars and the elements, you are raising the energetic vibration. And this was the original role of human beings. The original role of human beings is through your activities of singing, dancing, chanting, holding ceremony and ritual, and even laughing with your children. Through these activities, you raise the energetic vibration. You solidify the life force. And you help to create the bright and vibrant future that our earth needs. So know that nothing you do is too small. Any action that brings you great joy, any action that connects you with the earth and the stars, this is part of your destiny. This is part of your role and your responsibility as a human being. So do not hesitate to express yourself through laughter and song and dancing. For every time you do so, you are helping us, you're helping us whales, birds, polar bears, elephants, to uphold the energetic balance of the Great Mother. And you are assisting all of life. 
Thank you, Wales. Thank you. Thank you very much. Today. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, you created the uh, Mystery School and the 13 Temples of Transformation. Um, can you please uh, expand on that? Yes, absolutely. Well, this is a uh, very much a soul project that I co-created along with my partner, Verdeleus. And so this is something that um, we had been dreaming of for, for, well, both of us for all of our lives, I think, and probably for past lives as well. The reason for the mystery school is what I've already shared that in order to know how to move forward on our planet, we must look back to the very most ancient times and find out what were the practices, what were the rituals and ceremonies, as the whales just said, what were the songs and, and the dances that were created in alignment with the highest vibration, right? That were created in alignment with the, um, with source, with, with where we originally came from. And so in that mystery school, we are moving through the 13 temples of transformation. Each temple is related to one of the signs of the zodiac because these are the 13 core archetypes that are in our psyche and that make up the entire world. And so, and, and all of creation, all of the cosmos, of course. Um, and so within each of these temples, we are looking at certain ancient cultures, ancient traditions, ancient um, spiritual beliefs and learning, and just really immersing ourselves in these ancient traditions. Um, so, for example, in the Temple of Aquarius, which we are currently moving through, mm -hmm. um, we are, well, we're, we're looking at channeling, right? We're looking at connecting with star beings, right? And what are these practices that we can use? Because this is, this is the new Aquarian age, right? What are these practices that we can use to remember the ancient wisdom through our connection with, with the star beings or with the deities today? So in every one of these temples, we're, we're learning different practices and really remembering. It's, it's quite an act of remembering because all of, all of those who are students in that school um, have had past lives where they were teachers or shamans or healers, right? And so it's about remembering what we already know and then learning how we're meant to bring that forward in, in the world through our purpose today. Yeah, interesting. And in particular, in the in the temple of cancer teachings, um, you mentioned um, the power of water. And because I'm interested in water, um, can you also expand on that, please? Oh yes. Well, there's tremendous power in water. Um, wow, there's so many different things I could say. Let me think about what is most important. You know, there there have been. Um, studies that have been done because water is a crystalline structure and we can see this for example a snowflake right if we look at a snowflake under the microscope we see the beautiful six-sided extremely delicate sacred geometry and so water the crystalline structure of water is what makes up 65 to 70 percent of our bodies 65 to 70 percent of the earth <laughs> um and, and really all all living creatures and so um this crystalline structure of water is very affected by what is going on around it. And so there have been studies that have been done by a Japanese scientist, his last name is Emoto, right? Yeah. That if there is a cup of water, a glass of water, and we say hateful words to that water, we say, I hate you. You're terrible. I wish you would go away. Right. And then we look at the crystalline structure of the water. It's all fractured. It's a mess. 
But if we take another cup of water and we say, I love you, you bring me great joy. I can't wait to see you every day. These kinds of things that are right, the high vibrational frequency, the heart frequency, the frequency of love. These will be the most beautiful crystal structures that you ever saw. So just think about the effect that that has on us in our bodies. What are we telling ourselves? What is that self-talk that's running every day? Is it telling you, I love you. I can't wait to see you every morning. Let's do something beautiful and fun and loving today. Then you're going to feel more healthy. You're going to be able to operate at your, to, to give your highest contribution to the world. You're going to be able to more easily understand your purpose, all of these things. And, and also what is the effect that's having on the earth, right? This is very, very far reaching. So this is just one little piece one little piece. Another fascinating thing about water that I'll say quickly too is um, water, the water that we have on, on our planet right now is the same water that was here at, during the time of the dinosaurs and long before that, right? So we're drinking the same water now that a dinosaur drank at one point in time. So water is a tremendous, uh, it, it can store information in a tremendous way. So in the ancient pyramids in Egypt, they were working with water in a way of, of if you place water in the center of a pyramid and you allow a star to shine down into that water, which they did you know, in very specific ways in the ancient temples, um, it can be collecting information from the stars. And then we drink the water, we gain, we, we have that information as a part of us. So there's some really beautiful, fascinating ways that we can work with water. Um, so in other words, all we have to do is to awaken that information embedded into the molecule of water and we will reach that knowledge we can remember the ancient knowledge in this way too yeah. there are so many ways to remember right this is another one that we can use that's really yeah, i also wrote about um, how we can decode the the memory of water through crystals and uh, you know connected to our pineal gland in, in my book so there are various ways i know mine could be a little bit of science fiction out, out there but, um, you know, if the scientists will, will take, uh, um, will look into it, they might find a way to, to decode the water in, in this particular uh, direction. Yes. Well, and the things that we thought were way out there five or 10 years ago are now becoming quite normal. So the more that we discover, and quantum physics is a big part of this <clears throat> discovery, right? The more that we discover, the more we learn that the things we thought were way out there are actually really, really true and important to pay attention to. Yes. Uh, one of your course is called The Space Between Dreaming and Awake, How to Access Universal Guidance and Consciously Redesign Your Life. Um, I'm intrigued by, by the title and um, how can someone use this state between dreaming and awake in order to redefine his or her life? Yes, absolutely. Well, this was one of the first online courses that I ever created in, in, with, for Sacred Planet, and it is still running today because it's been so popular. And it was really created on this, you know, what I experienced happening when I was in that shamanic journeying state, and the mountain communicated with me and called me to Taos, and that changed everything, right? So in this course... Um, we are learning how to connect in with our intuition, that intuitive guidance that will tell us yes or no, and, and really, you know, from a much deeper place than our mind can ever perceive, right, help us to make these big life decisions, um, to connect with nature, to connect with animals, birds, plants, to, to learn how to read the signs and synchronicities that come through, to connect with our dreams in much the same way. 
to develop a, a meditative practice or a shamanic journeying practice that's right for you. And this path is created in a way so that you can take the pieces that feel most meaningful to you. You know, there are, are again, there are many different ways to remember <laughs> who we really are. And so you can learn in this course, you know, progress through the five weeks, pick up the, the pieces that are most meaningful to you, right? Grab the golden threads that make the most sense to you and begin to follow those and begin to really open up to all that there's so much more available to us than we can possibly know yes. than we can possibly see with just our normal five senses. And so as we open up to that more and more, the possibilities expand, you know, vastly about what, what is my purpose? What am I meant to do here? What, how can I guide my children to leave a good, lead a good life? Um, you know, how can I make a bigger positive difference? There, there's so many ways we can go with this, right? And in the last module of the course, then I guide everyone to create a one-year action plan based on all that's been coming through mm -hmm. to truly redesign your life, create major transformation changes over that upcoming year and really plan ahead for that so that we can integrate it so we can fully receive all the abundance. Um, and, and then, you know, there's, there's no, no telling. Again, when we say yes <laughs> on this kind of path, on the shamanic path, there's no telling what will happen, but it will be full of magic for sure. Yes, I mean, we really have to, to take care of ourselves and uh, <clears throat> focus on, as we discussed earlier, on what we are meant to do um, here in, in this existence and be um, consistent with what we are doing and never give up. That's the main, the main condition. Yes, yes, absolutely. I mean, this is, we each, there's a lot going on collectively in our world and we may feel like, oh, I need to try to fix that huge problem or how are we ever going to solve that, create that huge problem. But if each of us is doing our individual work, to get clear on our purpose, right? Our individual healing work, which this must come before the purpose work actually is the healing, right? How can I heal my old traumas, my, my patterns that, that just keep running that I know I need to break free from, um, my doubts and fears. The more that we heal, we can open up to our purpose. And then the more that we do, you know, all of this individual work, we are expanding the possibilities for the collective exponentially because as i heal myself and i'm more able to maybe you know help my neighbor or i'm more able to raise my kids to be more conscious or i step into a place where i'm able to really carry out my purpose and affect many many people you know you can see how the ripples just go out and you help this person and they help five more people and each of those help five more people right this is truly how we create the new world but it has to start with every one of us getting clear on our truth, remembering who we really are, doing that healing. Yeah. Just as you said. Yeah. And indeed, this process come, comes with increased consciousness. And this resonates with every single guest I, I had on the show. Um, you cannot stay at the same level. We have to, to advance. Um, and along these lines, uh, do you think that our economical, political, educational, and social structures are breaking apart these days and what will trigger uh, these two to happen? Yes, well, they are definitely breaking down. Um, and, you know, astrologically, we just had Jupiter and Saturn move all the way through 
Capricorn, which is our, you know, the zodiac sign that represents structures. And now they've moved into Aquarius. They've moved out of Capricorn. While they were in Capricorn, everything came into question. You know, that the coronavirus happened. That is changing all of our structures and patterns. It's changing the way we travel. It's changing the way we work. It's everything. It's changing our educational system. So very clearly things are breaking down. And very clearly there are much bigger forces at work that are really helping us with this. Well, there are many events. I mean, the coronavirus definitely being one, as I just mentioned, that is that's breaking down many of our old patterns and structures. Um, and I believe, I truly believe, and this has been my experience from the beginning when I had my awakening, the earth is speaking to us and she is speaking through us and she is calling upon us as her children to change the way that we're living because it is destroying her and if we destroy her, we destroy ourselves and, and all of life as we know it. So there's a very big uprising happening literally from the ground up, right? As the earth is, is speaking to us, sending her intelligence into us, and we are in vastly increasing numbers having spiritual awakenings as, as human beings. And the coronavirus as well is definitely accelerating that spiritual awakening process. Um, as we are sitting in our homes, not able to go to work, not able to socialize as we used to, and really, you know, thinking about life and death, because that's what this, this virus has, you know, turned our minds to, to a certain extent. Um, We're asking ourselves the really big questions. Why are we here? What are we supposed to be doing with this time? Right? How can I live a better life? And I chills as I, as I, as I say these things, because these are the questions that lead us to spiritual awakening, where we realize that as I did, you know, that the life I've been living is not what is actually true for my soul in this lifetime. I need to make big changes. I need to open up to much greater possibilities. So as humans do that process of spiritual awakening, we are naturally going to break down all the systems that are not working because the systems that are in place, they're built on power structures, money structures, degradation of the environment, um, you know, rigidly controlling the, the masses of people. And so the more that we awaken, the more we are naturally going to break those apart, tear them down in every way that we possibly can to get back to the truth. And this awakening and higher vibration of our bodies, do you think can counteract the fear that even a swab in our mouth for testing, you know, for, for the virus could... Uh, be defeated because some people think that even the swab will have negative impacts on the on their health yeah. will a higher vibration counteract that potential that potentiality absolutely be because our bodies are created to be able to heal anything we can heal anything and we know this because there are stories of people healing from cancer where they were given a terminal diagnosis but you know, th there are different forces that come in to help us know which path to take and they heal. Not in every case, but in some cases. So we know it's possible. And so we can heal from this virus, both as individuals and as a collective. And yes, if there's something negative coming into their, to, into our energy field, I've had to take several COVID tests in the last few months because of traveling. And that thought has definitely crossed my mind. You know, what is on this swab? What are they putting into me? But the key to this is holding a very expansive heart vibration. The key to all healing is in the heart. 
the heart is a very powerful organ. It's much more than just an organ, right? So it, yes, it helps our blood circulate throughout the body, but the heart, the ancient people know this, you'll see this across almost every ancient culture. The ancient people knew that the heart is receiving information constantly, both from the, the cosmos and from the earth, from above and below. And when we're looking for real answers, we need to go into the heart. When we're looking for healing, to heal literally anything, we need to go into the heart space. So, and, and love, which is held in the heart, is the opposite of fear. Yes. So if I'm in fear about anything, if I'm in fear about the virus, about the swab, about my money situation, fear lowers our immunity right? And fear is, you know, creates all different kinds of negative effects that kind of can, can feel like they're getting out of control. When we come back to love, when we come back to allowing ourselves to be in a really expansive heart vibration, um, just we can feel that we're cultivating love, peace, joy, calmness within ourselves. That can heal anything. So if you need to go get the COVID swab or the vaccine or whatever it might be, Focus on your heart. Focus on calm, joy, love, and no trust. Ask your guides to protect you. Know that you will be protected. Um, I, I absolutely believe that, yes. Um, Jocelyn, I don't know if you received any messages about our uh, activation of the junk DNA. Any, any news on that? <laughs> yes, well, I love this question. Um, so just for a little... Um, the, the background on the question is important to know. So our, our DNA is the, the, the structure of our genome, right? It's the, the foundational structure of all life as we know it. And it is, has been unchanged for countless millions of years, right? It, has, it, it doesn't evolve. It doesn't change. It makes up all life. And so scientists have studied DNA. And they have determined that about seven or 8% of our DNA is active and useful. And the rest is just junk. The rest is, is useless, right? Mm -hmm. And so if we just step back for a moment and we look at like the, the, the image behind you, the structure of the galaxies and solar systems, the incredible sacred architecture that makes up all of creation, that makes up the trees, the earth, you and me, right? All, all beings, all living things, all creation. I don't think that <laughs> we would be created with DNA that was 92% useless. <laughs> so clearly, clearly, we are able to use the other 92%. It's just that scientists, we can't understand from our current perspective, from our current scientific method, we can't see it. We just can't perceive it yet. Um, so I think we're already using much more than 8%, to be honest with you. I think we're already using vastly more. Um, we just don't fully understand the, the mechanics of it. We just don't fully understand the structure. And I'm sure we can open to much more now. I don't have a time frame. I will ask though, I can ask in <laughs> my guides in one of my next channeling sessions. I'll let you know if I find something out on that. I don't know time frames, but one thing that's really interesting related to this, my teacher in Egypt, Patricia Iwan, she, um, she's been studying ancient Egypt for over 30 years, but much of what she learned was from just spending a lot of time with this Egyptian indigenous man, his name was Hakim, and he carried extremely ancient knowledge from the, the you know, very long ago lineages in Egypt. And what he says is that, you know, we have five senses that, that we can use today that we know of that are how we perceive the world. And he says in ancient Egypt, 
the people had access to 360 senses, wow. right? And there are studies being done. Um, there's a Project Nature Connect is a study that's being done on a, a remote island off the coast of uh, the Northwest US. I think it's off the coast of Oregon or Washington, where they have scientifically concluded that we actually have ac access to at least 54 senses. And so, you know, we, we have access to far more than we know. <laughs> and again, this is a process of remembering, remembering the fullness of who we really are. But I think in order to activate our DNA, the most important thing is to open up our perception much, much wider, right? Some of the, so in this project Nature Connect, it's really interesting to see some of the, how the other senses are described, right? So one of the senses that's described is um, a sense of being camouflaged or not and needing to hide or not, right? So there are these much more subtle senses. Um, another one is a sense of whether we're receiving electromagnetic energy into the body. Mm -hmm. And we all know of what's called the sixth sense, which is like, you know, telepathy kind of psychic connection with one another. So there's much more available to us. Um, and, and as we open up to, as we have our spiritual awakening process, as we dare to go into all the other dimensions that we can through shamanic journeying and meditative states and many other ways, um, we're gaining access more and more to all of these senses that we, we have, we still have, we just forgotten how to use them. And I, I feel like that is a key piece of what's going to help us reactivate all of the DNA. Yeah. Thank you. <clears throat> yes, we have to do that in order to become whole. And as you said, uh, remember and get back to our uh, divine spark and, and creation and link. Yes. Um, Jocelyn, we are approaching the end of the interview. Any final uh, words? Yes. Well, I will say, uh, I will say in closing, um, be courageous. Be courageous because we're on a really profound journey of transformation in our world right now, collectively and also each of us as individuals. So really open up your perception, as we were just saying, um, to the signs, the synchronicities, the messages, the inspirations that are coming through to you. Pay attention to them. These are important information, right? Important lessons, important messages, wisdom coming through. So really be curious, be courageous. Don't be afraid to be different. In the Aquarian age, as we move more and more into the Aquarian age, differences and originality and uniqueness are going to be more and more valued. So don't be afraid to be the wild one, the crazy one. Um, it's really important that we step outside of the consensus trance, open up to the fullness of who we really are. And each of you listening, open up to all that is unique and different about you and really let that shine out to the world. Again, this is how we create our bright new future for our sacred planet. Jocelyn, thank you very much for your message. It's, it's beautiful and I hope uh, and I know people will, will listen and um, they have to apply it in their life uh, moving forward if they want, as we said, to, to link up. Um, thank you very much for your time. Yes, thank you so much. It's been so much fun talking with you today. Okay. Blessings, blessings, everybody. And for my uh, guests, thank you for, for watching. Share it, uh, like it, it's important. Apply all the teachings uh, you heard in, in this interview with uh, Justin Mercado. Um, also, you know, you can support me at uh, patreon.com slash Claudio Morgan. 
and you can get a free copy of my book at uh, claudiumurgana.com. Until next time, love and gratitude.